You're listening to Life in the Trenches, relatable, faith-filled conversations about everyday life to encourage and connect. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this life together. Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Sharp. Mean Girls. Yes, it's still a fan favorite movie for Gen Xers all over. And it's still a concept moms are exhausted of dealing with on playgrounds and schoolyards all over the world. As a mom of girls, this was something that became a conversation very early in our home. We have a motto, leave no girl behind, which came from a life lesson with my eldest daughter that happened years ago. It's not always easy and almost never fair, but life is anything but fair or easy. When my girls began to socially interact with friends on a more regular basis, I became curious of this phenomenon. It seemed like the tattling became second nature, and I was struggling and dealing with one issue after another with a girl in my eldest daughter's class. So I decided to learn everything and anything I could and get as much help as I could from friends, experts, teachers, mentors. I did my research, and I ended up developing a three-part series called Leave No Girl Behind, How to Deal with Mean Girls. I did it with my friend Amber Sandberg in Nashville, Tennessee. Amber is also a girl mom, and we had a lot to talk about on her podcast, The Mom Inspired Show. I encourage you to take a listen if you'd like to dig a little deeper into what I'm talking about today. The Mean Girl saga seems never-ending. And recently, a good friend of mine came to me. She was breaking down in tears because of a situation with her 13-year-old daughter. It was getting out of control. My heart hurt for hers, and her heart seemed to be grieving. But she's strong, and she's raising a very capable and tender-spirited daughter. So I know at the end of the day, it'll be okay. One of my initial thoughts was, where does the concept frenemies comes from? Is this concept new to our culture or have we just put a label on it? Our culture defines and labels our struggles in order to bring some clarity to our feelings and our emotions. Scientifically, we know that human connection begins before birth when an infant can recognize the tone and pitch of a parental voice. We are born with the need for relationship. We were created for community. One important concept I learned about Mean Girls is that it often begins in the preschool years when children begin to form friendships and interact with others on a more social level. But psychologically, it peaks in pre-adolescence between the ages of 8 and 12 when ideals and morals are forged and ingrained. This is because pre-adolescence is when the hormonal shift towards puberty begins and a child's personality traits have taken root. This tells us that the years before the puberty shift are vital for the health and wellness of a child's social skills. So how is mean girls defined exactly? Well, many experts call it relational aggression. Relational aggression or alternative aggression is a type of aggression in which harm is caused by damaging someone's relationships or social status. 
Although it can be used in many contexts and among different age groups, relational aggression among adolescents in particular has received a lot of attention. One researcher by the name of Jamie Ostrov wrote a research paper titled Relational Aggression and Friendships During Early Childhood. If you don't give me that, then I won't be your friend. She claims that this behavior begins to unfold as early as age three. I quote, aggressive behavior in girls from ages three to five tends to be more direct, but by early adolescence, it starts becoming much more covert. He notes that Girls who are victims of this behavior are likely to demonstrate symptoms like depression, anxiety, and academic problems, end quote. Well, one of the most difficult life lessons we need to learn in our humanity is how to respond instead of react to any given situation or circumstance. Mean girl syndrome often comes out when a kid doesn't know why they're feeling a certain way and they choose to react, giving them a short-lived, immediate gratification. Perhaps this is because they're really needing something to justify their negative feelings and emotions. And what's most disappointing is that the concept and execution of mean girl behavior doesn't end on the playground or the schoolyard. Sadly, many of us carry unresolved issues with us into adulthood, and relational aggression continues its legacy. I'm going to share with you a situation that happened in my life recently. Now, I'm careful to share only that which involves me. There are many details that aren't my story to tell. But this part, it is my story. And I'll tell you what I learned from it. I became friendly with a woman in our congregation at church. We shared mutual friends. We had socialized together a few times. We had been invited into their home. Now, when everything hit the fan, I had a vivid memory of our very first conversation. That conversation was within a group of others who were there and they recalled her words. I should have paid closer attention to the quick moment of vulnerability she displayed because it would be the only one I would see. And I should have paid closer attention to the feeling that I had inside that something was off with this person, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Fast forward all the sorry details that are salacious but unnecessary to share. Let's just say that I had apparently offended her and she had taken my words and actions out of context, creating an elaborate narrative in her mind. Now, listen, whether or not we think we're right in a situation or something isn't a big issue to us, but apparently it is a very big issue to someone else, that's of no consequence. We have to own up and make restitution. So my response was one I've learned too many times in my life, and I just asked for forgiveness. I had the receipts to prove it, but I would soon learn that this wasn't about me and I didn't need to defend myself. Then it all exploded like gunfire, all aimed right at me. 
She attempted to drag everyone she could into this mess of her making. She was out for blood, my blood, and did everything in her limited power to try and hurt me. I've never had more manure thrown my way. She tried her hardest to destroy my reputation and have others question my integrity. She was doing everything she could think of to start a war. But I was listening now to my God and to my leadership. I kept my head down and my mouth closed. I ignored the storm. I refused to react, but I watched and I listened. I felt helpless, but I had a peace in my heart that God was my advocate because this was a means to an end and God needed me to be the target because he was at work and he knew that I would forgive her. Listen, I don't say that lightly. No one stands in the front lines volunteering to be used as target practice, especially when your reputation and your integrity are on the line. But God was going to use my loose lips and my apparently offensive, dry sense of humor as a teachable moment. And it was never about me. Teachable moments rarely are. The words she said to me during that first real conversation, the ones that she let slip in, vulnerability showing in a room full of witnesses, she said, you intimidate me. I learned in real time that when we ask God to be our advocate, we need to step out of our own way and actually let him do it. The bigger our fuss and louder our voice, the less that we can witness his promise and action. Learning how to respond to a situation or circumstance is a lifelong lesson. We all have to learn it from the playground to the boardroom to the sanctuary. Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Let's remember that truth that we're all flawed and we will hurt someone at some time or another, whether we mean to or not. Owning it is the key to our freedom. And when we think that doing something is going to be hard, the Holy Spirit will give us the strength to follow through. I thought that keeping my mouth shut would prove to be very difficult, but it actually wasn't. And I thought praying for my enemy would cause me to feel incredibly angry. But it didn't. And to this day, I still throw her name up to heaven's throne room. We're taught that we must model the behavior we desire to see in our own kids. Sometimes I wonder what my girls see when they look at my friendships and my relationships. What do they think when they hear people talking about me? My girls listen to everything I say and watch everything I do. I have to catch myself and be accountable if I'm gossiping or reacting badly, thinking I'm justified in doing it. The reality is that frenemies and mean girls aren't going to go away. But I really do think the more girls we have out there in this world who understand themselves, 
They know how uniquely they were created. They can see and celebrate the differences in who they are. If they can treat others the way that they want to be treated, then the greater our chances of seeing a generation of change. Thanks for listening today. I hope that you were reminded, just like I was, that at some time or another, we're all going to be in the line of fire. But as long as we're learning the life lessons that go with it, in the end, we're going to be okay. Okay.